the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Wait, that's us. Are we on? We're here. Okay. Hi. 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 Welcome to the show, the Relevant Recovery Radio Show. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're glad you're tuning in and listening today. Um, I had Heather sign an agreement that she wasn't going to beat me up on the show today, so I'm hoping for a good show. Anyways, <laughs> this show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox and 24 months of free IASIS and recovery support and aftercare if you complete our program. Uh, we have amazing recovery coaches that walk alongside you for up to 24 months after you complete our detox to help you navigate uh, any questions or issues or challenges or barriers you have about recovery. So if you or a loved one uh, has any issues with substance use disorder, you can give us a call or visit our website. Our website is mhdrp.org. And our phone number is 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. You'll press 1 for the detox admissions and 2 for our outpatient clinic where we do outpatient recovery support services and IASIS microcurrent neurofeedback. And as per usual, you're listening to us Sundays afternoon, 1 p.m. on KPRC 950 in Mm -hmm. Houston Central Time. And if you want to listen to us, you're not in Houston um, you can listen to KPRC 950 on the iHeartRadio app. It's a free download to your cell phone. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you, they should download the iHeart app anyway because it's free. And then yeah. we also have our channel, the Relevant Recovery Well, yeah, so at the end of the day, they, they, uplady, uh, up, uh, they upload each of uplady. our shows. To, <laughs> you've already started. We, we're not five minutes in. <laughs> I have not hit you once, for the record. Uh, they upload our show to our... Uh, podcast Channel. so mm-hmm. you can go back and listen to any of our shows if you want to hear uh, how controlling and angry heather gets throughout you know <laughs> the two years we've been doing this um, you can go back and check it out investigate mm-hmm. and then when you have your findings you can go to our social media which is <laughs> go you can go to instagram or facebook at relevant recovery radio and then you know just send our facebook a message like hey you leave him alone you know whatever you want to do and heather will read donnie it. is stupid no 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 that's not what no we should trend that hashtag dumb dumb donnie okay you know what <laughs> renegotiate my contract we're actually getting along pretty well today how do i renegotiate zero Zero? Yeah, I get paid zero for this. How do you renegotiate <laughs> that? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. You can walk out if you want. I guess zero times zero is still, still zero. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're powerless over alcohol or right. drugs. Like if I'm powerless and you're powerless and we're all in a meeting, oh, it's powerless, powerless, zero plus zero plus zero equals powerless. Evidently it's zero. I had We're no all zeros idea. in there. I am. Um, how are you feeling today? I am so happy it's Friday. I'm real happy it's Friday, too. But, like but it's had... not Friday to our listeners. It's Sunday. Right. Well, we're recording on Friday. Yeah, but that's really confusing. Nah. They're, when you're, hey, They've hey. time-traveled right now. Hey, everybody. Why are you listening to this today? It's Sunday. <laughs> it's Sunday at 1 But we recorded this in the past <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> we're sending our recording to the future <laughs> on Sunday. Anyway. No, then. it's just been a rough week. It, um, 
You're not going to talk about your work again, are you? It's the I don't know what it is. Have you felt tired recently? I've been talking to a lot of people who they're just like, I'm just tired. I've felt tired a little bit for about uh, 41 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been tired that long. You're a young lass. <laughs> Um, no, I think it's the heat. Like Houston is pretty much every single day for the last Bro. month and a half, it's a thousand degrees. Bro, I got in my car the other day and my car temperature thing, you said 118. Yeah. Is that normal? Does that mean inside the car or outside the car? No, it's literally, that is the temp. They always give you like the, this is the actual temperature. If it's the feels like, if it feels like 118, but that, it, it's 118. Well, my car didn't say feels like. No. It just said 118. So it could have been the inside. It could have been. But, I mean, I think it registers outside. I just don't, I don't know how it works. I'm... So don't leave your babies or your dogs in the car. It's 118 degrees. Don't do the job. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't do it. So we're awful human beings with, <laughs> no, with, don't do with it. dark humor, so... <laughs> I had to literally just not say anything. Okay. Because <laughs> it's not funny. There's nothing funny There's about, nothing funny about leaving anything in the, car, in the car. Unless you want to leave some cookies on the dash and cook them while you Dude, go to an appointment. There's some lady in Houston that baked bread in her mailbox. I love that. She put a loaf in there and it That's baked so it 45 minutes later. It was, on, it was on TikTok. On what? TikTok and Facebook. That's I where I saw it. I wouldn't know. I know you wouldn't. I'm better than all of those platforms. You at least think you are. Yep. Um, I got to travel again, so I won't be here. Well, you know, I'll be here for the show next week because I'll get back in town in the morning. That's too but bad. Wait, what? What? I'm going to expect you to come up with a topic, but yeah, I'm happy it's Friday. I got to get some rest. We're going to head out. Of, I'm going to head out of town on Monday, do my thing. So listen, I wanted to talk to you about something today. What, what are you going to talk to me about? Well, I just think that, you know, sometimes you're emotional. Like on the way here, you had stopped for gas. And the gas station that you stopped at wouldn't accept your card. It wouldn't take our Amex. That's the second time. And so you got real mad about that. You got real mad. Yeah. And you're like, I almost I'm went not- in and robbed the gas station. <laughs> you're like, I'm not getting gas. I'm like, just use a different card. No. And instead you're like, nope. And you peeled out of there in the parking lot. I didn't peel lot. out. I heard your truck. We well, was my truck is phone. loud. Anyways, I didn't peel out. I'm just saying it sounds like you have poor coping skills when something doesn't go your way. Um, They wax and wane. <laughs> I would say that they, I have them better now more times than not. And so, yeah, I just think, yeah, you're definitely a lot better now than when we were first like dating, especially yeah. when it comes to your emotional regulation when driving. Yeah. Light years better. Um, but I just, I wanted to talk about coping skills today because- So not just directly to me yeah. about my coping skills, you mean in general. Mm-hmm. You mean like when in my alcoholic career- Mm-hmm. did alcohol go from a coping skill to a solution? Because I believe in the beginning it was a coping skill. It, it was when I felt uncomfortable, when I felt upset, emotional, a drink will pretty well solve that fairly yeah. quickly. Yeah, I think so. And so I wanted to talk about different healthy and unhealthy coping skills and emotional regulations today because I think it's important for growth and happiness Mm -hmm. to find out what's beneficial and what's not because we all need help with the way we feel sometimes. Awesome. Well, uh, let's cope with a commercial break. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back. Relevant Recovery Radio with your host, Heather and Donnie Mosier. And today, we're going to figure out when Heather is going to learn healthy coping skills. Never. Okay. My rigid, unhealthy coping skills are working really well. (laughs) I mean, not for anyone around you. (laughs) No, so let's talk about it because, okay. But it's a broad topic. It's a broad topic, so we're going to relate it to recovery later. And and we don't mean like just broads talk about it. We mean like it's a (laughs) wide variety of... Well, this broad has a lot to say about it because, uh, okay, so why do we... Well, let's let's talk about why we're talking about it. Let's introduce it correctly. So um, as of... An hour ago, we didn't have a topic for today's show. Luckily, you and I are so immersed in recovery and the recovery world and church and all that that we we have a lot of experience and things that we can talk about based on our buffoonery and the things we've been through, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to my manager, um, and she said, I said, hey, well, I got to go. I mean, we're going to go do the radio show. And um, we still don't know our topic. Funny thing, we don't even know what we're talking about. And she said, I would love it if you guys would talk about teenagers and coping skills Mm -hmm. um maybe her maybe not her i don't know she said there's a teenager i know Mm -hmm. that is smoking a lot of pot to cope with a breakup oh yeah right and so evidently he's emotional and he's taking he's dealing with it through smoking marijuana so let's get back to that scenario in a second because now they know where our topic came from but i want to use this topic broader than just drugs and alcohol okay Uh, for instance we're human everyone listening to the show i think is human you're mostly human Uh, mostly yeah unless you're nephilim or something then you're a hybrid but anyways (laughs) uh, look that up everybody and if you don't know but anyways uh we have emotional natures and sometimes our feelings and our emotions can dominate us and we feel uncomfortable or we feel lonely or we feel grief or we feel shame or we feel insecure or we feel unattractive or we feel uh, not smart or whatever, right? And it's uncomfortable when we experience those emotions. Another another coping skill that we have is um, when I was a kid and I'm in school and they're talking about something I don't want to hear about, a, a coping skill that I came up with was what they now call ADD. But what I learned to do is go not focus and pay attention to something else, right? Yeah. Is that because what you correlate it there? I could come home and get engrossed in a video game and give it all my attention without trouble. But in school, I had no ability. So I had not developed a healthy coping skill to focus when I needed to. Right. And so I can give an example for me in even middle school. Because I was so shy and insecure, well, I remember being in like English class in, in like uh, fifth grade or something like that. Maybe it was sixth grade. I don't know. And uh, we were going in a row down the desks, and we would take turns reading a paragraph. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I don't know, I was like 12 kids down or something. But I got so anxious. Okay, here's the bad feeling. Anxious. Um, And so I counted how many kids ahead I was, and I would try to count those paragraphs. And I I wasn't even focusing on what we're reading. I have no clue what's going on in the classroom because I'm rereading and rereading what I think is going to be my paragraph so that when it gets to my turn, I won't mess it up because that would be just too embarrassing. Mm. And so I wasn't able to focus in in a different way because I'm trying to make sure I'm doing it right or performing right. And it's from a place of fear. It's from a place of insecurity. And so that was my coping skill. My coping skill was ignoring class, but but 
going ahead several paragraphs. Which removed the entire benefit of everybody reading through it and you going yep, through it with it them. It didn't benefit me at all because I was very focused on me. Did other people mess up when they were reading and make sure. mistakes? But you were only worried about you I and I was yours. only concerned about me. When they did it, it wasn't that big a deal. Right. It was just going to be a big deal if I did it. And so, but we see it as such a big deal when we make a mistake. Yeah. We don't even care if other people do. Nope. Right. And so I can, I can see that sort of coping skills habits develop and go with me throughout the course of my life. I, I remember, you know, getting married the first couple of times. <laughs> and again, this insecurity always followed me. And I really didn't feel like I had worth or value if I wasn't pursued by a guy, if I wasn't, if I didn't belong to a guy. And, and I was just really obsessed in, in my late teens, early 20s, just like getting married. So mm-hmm. that way I'm someone's wife and that way I belong and I, I have a purpose because mm-hmm. I didn't have, I didn't have an identity, you know. Did you, when you were in those marriages, did you treat them the same as ours? Where like once you locked them down, you just put your focus elsewhere? <laughs> is that, is that how that worked? Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It's another coping skill. I got what I want now. <laughs> On to the next task. Check. I was talking to a guy that I sponsored yesterday, and he was talking about an upcoming uh, 12-step event where there's going to be camping. Yeah. And I was like, I would love to do that. And he goes, do you think Heather would go? And I was like, no. <laughs> I said, when we were dating, Heather would have gone to prove she loves camping. But as soon as we married, she said, oh, by the way, I hate camping. So that's I'm a coping going. skill. Uh, <laughs> Lying? To our, to our listeners, have you ever lied <laughs> to who you're dating to hook them? <laughs> I love camping. Yes. Right. I love riding on the back of your, your motorcycle. Oh, I'll Lord. just go anywhere with you. I, I remember. Listen, I loved the idea of yeah. the motorcycle and the camping, yeah. but when it's 118 degrees. And I told you the truth. I was like, I love to be outside. I'm always outside. I love it, whether it's my backyard, the forest. Good for you. And you're like, oh, me too. I grew up in Oklahoma. I grew up camping and fishing. And I as did. soon as we get a house with a beautiful backyard to pull, you're like, uh, that's a nerve for me. <laughs> Listen, there's just air conditioning inside and there's no mosquitoes. <laughs> and All right, uh, so being dishonest was a coping skill to get what you wanted. I got you now, boo. <laughs> it worked, didn't it? Let's talk about like <laughs> like emotional coping skills because I think that's the biggest, right? Like um, I know well, that- all emotional coping skills. It's like- Well, but I know for a long time that I drank and drug- to cope with the internal condition of my life, right? How I felt inside, whether that was a number of what you mentioned, mm-hmm. validation, esteem, uh, what? Insecurity, loneliness. Yeah. And in this, you know. Well, because we also see people struggle with that sober. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's what I'm trying to explain is I do not like the idea, which is very popular, that somehow people become drug addicts or alcoholics because of some past trauma. Um, and so I want to kind of separate what we're talking because about. Because we've heard every single scenario known to man in our years sober and working with other alcoholics, and we don't see one correlation. Yeah, there's several people. We who, know people from the richest to the poorest. Uh-huh. Adopted, not adopted, loved, not loved. Like, there's just no correlation. Yeah, like, to I had it. great parents at home that loved yeah. me very much. Both parents in the home, they're still married today. I think they overloved you. They ha- yeah, I think so too. Uh, but my point is, is, I did not have a bad traumatic childhood. Right. And uh, no, your dad, like, you were his bestie. Yeah. Bought you motorcycles and motorcycles. fished with you. And see, I was outdoors, wasn't I? 
liar. <laughs> You're was. such a liar. But my point is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go fishing. You hooked me. There, I do love fishing, by the way. <laughs> you won't even take me now. We're going to go. Okay. You heard that, people. So message me on Facebook and, and ask Donnie if he's taken me fishing yet. We'll hold him to that. But no, the point is, is like, I wanted to kind of separate that idea because you were talking about using alcohol as a coping skill for feelings. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying the problem is the feelings. The problem is, is resiliency. The problem is spiritual sickness that we call mm-hmm. malady. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I, the book calls it maladjusted to life, or mm-hmm. I can't regulate my emotional nature on my own. Right. And so people might use food as a coping skill. Yeah. People, you, yeah, yeah. People might use men or women yeah. as a coping skill. People might use drugs and alcohol. Sometimes you eat your food off your men and women. People might use, you know, ice from others yeah. and avoiding as a coping skill. So there's all sorts of ways that this can manifest. And I just want to talk about this so that our listeners can start the wheels in their own mind turning of what they do or what they don't do. Is it healthy and is it beneficial mm. or is it not? And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking of the person in your life that you know needs to listen to this, please erase that thought and know it's for you. It's not for them. Because, <laughs> because what we when, carry forward, right? Because when we're explaining this, I promise you, every single person listening is like, oh, Billy needs to hear this. Oh, Susan does that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, take a look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Take a mm-hmm. look at yourself. What are you doing to change the way you feel? And these are probably patterns that you've developed throughout your life. Starts as a child. Starts as a child. And so we really want to unpack this and look at unhealthy ones and healthy ones and how to get that on a different trajectory. Mm. You think it's uh, you're able to change as an adult? Sure. You've had it? Okay. All right. Well, listen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in a few moments with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Relevant Radio. Recovery Radio. You do have a voice for radio. I have a face for radio. I was going to say that, but I decided not to be nice. Oh, wow. You made a decision, a split decision to cope differently. <laughs> so so one coping skill growing up that I well, learned wait, wait, from wait. my dad was was mean-spirited jokes, by the way. In your, but I appreciate that, yeah, though. Yeah, it's, it's I fun. I enjoy that. It's fun just. So when we talk about the fact that, and I did hear that, like, this is not my knowledge. I listened to a really good interview between Joe Rogan and Gabor Mate. What'd you call me? And Gabor Mate <laughs> is a doctor who has studied like this stuff. And here's what he's saying is that as a child, when I was in a situation that I didn't want to be in, my coping skill was lack of focus. Go somewhere else, do something else, right? Oh, the guy that was talking about ADD. Yes. I remember that podcast. And, and so then what happens is I'm in junior high, high school using this coping skill, not focusing, not paying attention. And they labeled it ADD, ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um. And then here I am an adult, and guess what? I have the same problem, but I don't take meds today because at work in a technical field, I have to read pretty dry stuff, and I have to force myself to do it. But the coping skill that I am developing as we speak is that when I have to read a document, and I just have to read it, I stop, I pause, I try to clear my head, I I try to to get everything, all the other things that want to get in the way out. I try to focus on what I'm doing and I just read it and I get into it and I ask myself questions about it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this is what I'm learning 
but I'm having to relearn things that I should have learned as a kid. I think it really applies because I was diagnosed ADHD uh, at like 29 years old, which I don't think I have and don't take anything for. And I don't deal with You those. definitely don't. You, you can focus I well. I can focus. It just yeah. depends on if it interests me or not. Correct. And I will I will notice that... Like my, a lot of times when I'm talking... Oh, I tune you out almost yeah, it instantly. Doesn't, it doesn't interest you at all. But also, like a coping skill I've been learning the last several years is active listening. Because mm-hmm. I realized that a lot of times I'm not even listening to someone. I'm just planning what I'm going to say next. So what I was thinking about when you were talking just now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like that. And uh, and so it's about coping skills. People, you, you asked me before we went to the last break, can people, mm-hmm. adults, change this? And I said, sure. Because what I mean is sometimes we need help. We Sometimes we need to learn what new coping skills we have. And sometimes we need help. You can't just maybe... Not everyone can self-will the change on their own willpower. Someone might not be able to say, hey, I recognize I use food as a coping skill and then just decide not to do that anymore. Correct. I wish. There may be some other things that need to be introduced to uh, execute change. And uh, so I was thinking about this on the drive-in as it correlates to addiction Um, Because in society, I think that this is so sad that in America, one of the biggest, most predominant coping skills we see in America is pharmaceutical drugs. Mm, It doesn't matter if you are I feel uncomfortable. I feel anxious. If I feel anxious or my knees hurt or here's an anti-inflammatory, here's an antidepressant, here's this. Okay. Can 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 I insert something real quick and then I want you to keep going on this? Yes, you can. I want you to think back to what this whole thing came back to what was asked of me about a teenager. Right. Because I used to work with teenagers. And here's what we've done to teenagers, our generation. So I'm 51, you're 41. Yep. Um, I hope that's okay that I told your age on the radio. I told my age earlier. I'm sure everybody thinks that you're like 32. I am not embarrassed by my age at all. I'm aging well. I tell everybody you're 29. But anyways, (laughs) when I was a kid... When we went and played base, I played t-ball, I played soccer, and I swam. And if you didn't get a medal, if you didn't place, you didn't place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better luck next time, buddy. You're going to try, try harder. harder. Well, the gen- our generation of children, the ones that we raised, not necessarily ours, but that generation, was told, you know what? You participated, buddy. Here's a trophy. Yeah. They were also, we were introducing ADD meds. We were introducing antidepressants. We're introducing and all of these social fixes. media. And so when a kid felt sad, when they felt uncomfortable, when they felt lonely, all of that, we were giving them a fix. We didn't want them to feel bad at all. Yeah. We didn't want them to feel sad or uh, we were so concerned with that. We have literally raised, and I am saying I'm taking credit for this along with the rest of America. Credit because you mean I, like blame? I, yes. I did this to my daughter. Yeah. Right? I didn't want her to feel any sort of way. I wanted to shield her from all of it. And what happened is we built a generation of people that have zero coping, coping skills. skills. And so I think that's really where goes into because i used to work uh, a different place before where i work now and i was mentoring and a recovery coach for teenagers with mm-hmm. mental health issues and substance use disorder and so it, it's so common for a teenager 
to think it's not okay to feel sad. I feel sad. It's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Or I remember being a teenager and, and, you know, boyfriend breaking up with me and it was just the end of the world. Like your feelings when you're a preteen or a teenager. It's literally like it's, the worst thing, the, the end world. of everything. Yeah. And you can't fathom five or 10 years from now and, you know, a different life you'll have. So it right. like in that moment, it feels so extreme. And in and so you have you have girls um, killing themselves yeah. over Instagram over breakups and it's really interesting. There's been a lot of deaths or uh, suicides through like you know famous people or TikTok famous people or influencers, you know. And it's it's just so sad watching people trying to change the way they feel with different things. And it's like as as I got sober and we learned the way of life that we live through the program that we're in. I recognize deeply my need to find validation in my creator or in a, in a spiritual guided sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I developed that and as I practiced that, my insecurity started to go away and my anxiety started to go away and depression started to go away. And I started to build self-confidence and I started to feel purpose without any of these negative coping skills. Now, I'm going to say spirituality, I think, is a positive coping skill, but it definitely can be, in an extreme sense, a negative again. But not that's not what I'm talking about. Well, not necessarily spirituality, but I would I would agree with you if, if you said a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. spiritual action. Mm-hmm. I'm with you 100%. And so what do you think about that as far... Because here's the deal. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. I, need, I need some Adderall. I just, I noticed that a lot, you know, because I work in treatment and I used to work with teenagers and now I work with adults mm. and, and the age population is more around like 50 to late 60s. So uh, they're young, you know? young, young, young bucks. <laughs> they're old like you is what I'm saying. No, oh, I'm kidding. Lord. But it's the same thing though. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as the 17-year-old who is isolating and smoking pot because a girlfriend broke up with them. And I'm saying it's the same sort of sickness. It's the same sort of poor coping skills. Later, when we have uh, a 60-year-old that is there for alcohol, but they are completely resistant to the idea they, they need to still take their anxiety or medication or whatever. And I'm like, but bro, do you have this illness? I cope with stress around with food. Yeah. So the only negative to me working at home, I get a lot done. I'm very productive. I don't, that's the deal is that people, when they work from home are one way or the other, they're either productive or not. And I'm productive. I get so much done, but the negative side for being at home for me is that my job can get very stressful. And if I let it get to me, I will be up and in the kitchen looking for something to munch on without even realizing I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And, And when I stop, I go, I'm not hungry. What am I doing? Yeah. Right. And so that's that's a it's just a habit you've built in. Yes. You know, and and I think that's what I'm trying to correlate it to. I think in America, we're so fed with pharmaceutical company ads, you know. And well, there's this and, idea that we have to be happy, that we're never supposed to be point. sad. We're never, never supposed to, to be uncomfortable. You're right. never supposed to be in pain instead of figuring out what lifestyle changes you could make to not be in pain anymore right. or sad anymore instead let's find a pill to throw at it and i'm not i'm not talking about extreme cases where there is a chemical imbalance in the brain there and medication are some people is needed that po- there is that have that, but that know. is that is not, it's not the, the majority. majority right but the world right. is treat america's treated like it that is the majority correct and and so it's so sad and i i want to kind of clarify something i kind of correlated spiritual practices or disciplines or spirituality to a coping skill and I think that's kind of an insult to the supernatural capabilities of spirituality, real real spiritual walk. And so I kind of want to separate those. Maybe we'll get into the next segment, but I just don't. Well, explain it a little bit. What I'm saying is. 
What, what supernatural ability? So if I have a spiritual walk, what do you mean by supernatural? What I'm saying is, like I said earlier. Casting some, spells? Some, no. Some people need help, right? And I needed help with my heroin addiction. Mm -hmm. um, but I also needed help with how insecure I was my whole mm -hmm. life or how I needed men to validate me. Your dishonesty, or... <laughs> your meanness. There was a lot of stuff. I, I, needed, I needed God to help. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, even, even though I had awareness later, not mm -hmm. for a long time, but later, of these flaws within me, I could not just wish them away. I couldn't just decide I'm not going to feel that way anymore. Okay. And so what I did is I moved my feet with some spiritual practices, seeking what I call God and some spiritual disciplines in my life, but I still didn't change me. My anxiety is not gone today You're because of me. You're saying it changed, but you didn't do it. I'm saying it changed, <clears throat> but, but it was because this supernatural power that I tapped into um, that most people that are spiritually minded uh, have experienced in some way. They know what I'm talking about when I describe this. Um, they've had God moments. They've had some aha moments or some supernatural moments. And what I'm saying is, is I didn't overcome heroin addiction. I didn't overcome my insecurity. I didn't overcome my anxiety. But I did take some spiritual discipline, some actions to get tapped into a supernatural power that changed those things for me. And what I love is you did not overcome dishonesty, meanness, or the other. Not yet. God hasn't removed that. God just removed your awareness. <laughs> but I'm very aware. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. That's my favorite. Host. That's my favorite intro music. Yeah, well. with your hosts Heather and Donnie Mojo. And listen, here's the beauty of it: is for once you let it play and let me do the silence. I love Manson, that. Manson, bro, you gotta let Manson play. I mean, <laughs> no. What, what I was so, trying to say before we went to the break yeah. is, I just don't want to disrespect true spirituality by calling it just another coping skill, because coping skills are dominantly human-centered actions to take to change it, it things. It is, but it's a practice it's, with a supernatural benefit. Yeah, that's what you're saying. And the other practices that aren't spiritual, on their own, don't have generally the same type of power that spiritual practices do. So, based on everything that we're we've talked about today, what would you say to a parent? Because you you are you're in a unique position because you were once a horrible, horrible human being and young. That's true. You have kids. Yeah. You worked with kids. Yeah. So, what would you say to a parent? Well, I think who is dealing with a teenager who maybe is smoking pot or drinking the first and they're thing I would, hold on hold on and they're worried that they're using that as a coping skill mm -hmm. or they're worried that they're headed down the wrong path well i would first ask the parent to take a look at themselves first of all because coping skills are generally influenced uh generationally and so in what way in lots of ways but i'll give you an example okay. of uh, my child my daughter okay um but we can look at the things that I felt and experienced and used as coping skills in, in my life and in her father's life. Okay. And so some things around... You're saying she learned them from you. She learned them from me and him that, and my mother. So Give me it, some examples. It was modeled for me. My mom has, you know, got some mental health issues. And so growing some? up... Yeah, some. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, the whole idea was we got to get mom's meds right. we got to mm -hmm. get mom's meds right. We got, and so in my mind, when I'm 12, I'm 13, I'm 14, I'm thinking, <sighs> oh, a pill fixes things. Uh, oh, a pill fixes things. That makes so much oh, sense. Mom's better when she takes her pills. Well, mom's crazy. Mom hasn't taken her pills. 
And so and, that, and being a pillhead is what literally took you into heroin. And so my yeah, heroin addiction began with pills. I kept So do you think that I that, kept going to doctors and psychiatrists trying to find out what was wrong with me to get the right cocktail to get But rid. what I'm saying is though, so that experience with your mom taught it, you to sort of be a hypochondriac. Sure. In a, in a way. Yeah, in a for way. sure. Okay. okay. Very self-obsessed at And then the your least. daughter watched you do and that. And so I was very obsessed with my feelings. I was very obsessed with ways I thought I wasn't okay and I wanted them fixed. Give okay. me a pill for it. Give me something, right? And uh, and so I was unhealthy and so I ended up getting on heroin later and leaving. But even when I wasn't present physically for like my daughter's childhood, later childhood, um, her father still modeled uh, alcohol and marijuana use. I think he still does. Sure. But I was trying to be nice. Okay. <laughs> Um, what I'm saying is, is, is the family that she's been around for a long time now, they're very, very active drinkers and, and marijuana users. Okay. And so they have that same coping skill she saw from you. So she was almost like had no choice. She's going to pick it up. So my daughter has that very much. And so now medical marijuana is the thing in Oklahoma. And so she has that for her anxiety and stomach issues. And, and so what I'm looking at from my perspective, if it does help her and that works and her quality of life's better, like, okay, and I'm, I'm not going to have an opinion that's her journey to have. But she was in nursing school and she did have these career goals, but she can't test positive for weed and do that. Okay, so quick question. And so now it's changed career paths, and I'm just real... So my, your question was, what does a parent do? Well, well first, look at yourself. So hold on. So this is exactly, though, you're headed exactly in the path I was wanting to go. So I usually do. <clears throat> she just winked at me, folks. <laughs> if you hear, like, a stabbing sound in a minute. Um, okay, let's, let's use your situation as an example. Mm-hmm. So you were... A dirty, no good heroin addict, mm-hmm. living on the streets, good to nobody. Yep. Kids weren't in your life. Right. But then you got sober. Yep. God starts using you in a positive way. Suddenly, you're helping people. You are developing new coping skills. And then suddenly, also- let's talk about the kiddo who's still a teenager in the home. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Because yes, you taught that kiddo those coping skills. That kiddo learned the coping skills from other people, right? But then what do you do now? So my kiddo is 20 and not in my home, so I'm that's a little young, bit different. I'm talking about the younger one. But I'm just saying... If they were in your home and you're changing, how do you influence that child well, the we, other direction? we did try. You can't make someone, right? Their journey's their journey. My parents were super strict and tried to put me in Christian, private school, all sorts of things to try to shelter me and, and keep bad influences from me. And I still grew up to be a heroin addict. Okay. But so, Eli's Eli's seventeen. Let's say he was in our home today. Well, he Is there was anything when he was do? fifteen. He Is lived with us. And what what did we do? We put him in baseball. We put him in therapy. We mm-hmm. we we put him in things. That's what that I'm were, asking for. There was positive things that we were we put him in um, mentoring where he had a mentor for school or what's it called? It's not mentoring. When is, when someone helps you learn a, a subject better. Tutoring. That's what we did. They don't have that word in Oklahoma. Go ahead. <laughs> we put him in tutor. Anyways, we tried to offer positive resources should he choose to pick them up. And what was difficult about that for us? Letting him choose it or not. Letting him have his own experience with it and or we, not. We had to exert energy. We had to be very involved. We had to mm-hmm. do more. We had to take him places. We had we had to be very involved in him. Yeah, and it's and from a from a parental perspective. It's much more exhausting because you have to. You can't just yell at them and say, "Do this or change this or be different or stop smoking weed or I'm going to take away your cell phone." You got to drive them to therapy every Tuesday. You got to sit in a parking lot of a baseball practice till ten o'clock on a Friday night that you don't want to. The other you thing gotta, that we did too with with Eli was like, "Hey, you know what? You're old enough that I can't stop you. You're going right. to find a way." But they, it is absolutely not allowed in my house. 
it's not a lot of my property. Like, I'm not co-signing this. I remember mm-hmm. having that discussion. Like, mm-hmm. hey. But, I mean, you probably did it anyway, though. But it wasn't because I just left it wide open and right. said it's okay. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't know if this show's really for the, the teenager coping skills idea. But see, I think it just goes way back to even before the teenager years. What have you modeled for them? What coping skills do you currently use? And then what did they pick up on their own? Because what my if, my lack of a fo- my lack of focus and attention that was later labeled ADD had nothing to do with my parents. It was just a skill that I never picked up in school, and and maybe it had but to I'm do with my parents and the fact that when I wasn't I paying attention and wasn't learning, they should have beat me or spent more time with me. I don't know. <laughs> what I but. see is that your mom was so. Uh, avoidant and complacent and that if your dad had been more present later in life you would have learned focus because later in life when you went to Chicago and learned telecom from him you know he is a focused person he's mm-hmm. a detailed person mm-hmm. he could have spent time with you teaching you those skills but after the divorce he moved Chicago right and so and... I'm saying okay I see what you're saying so when I was like learning these things as an elementary junior high high school student when I was, I don't know, eight or nine, my mom started on her pill journey, right? Mm-hmm. So she sort of checked out a life. And that was the time when she could have been redirecting, disciplining, making me sit at the table while she cooks dinner to do my homework, all those things that would have forced the coping skills. I'm just saying, yes, your children <sighs> are watching you. And they're watching you, what you've done over years, decades, time. Mm-hmm. And they're picking up things. They're picking up positive things and they're picking up negative things. I can things. tell you I failed my daughter. There's and, no doubt. And I just remember, like, I was homeschooled for a few years. Yeah. Um, and you have to, when you're homeschooled for a few years, you have to do some sort of tests to get back into public school. Yeah. And so I tested, I did the test to go back into public school and I tested like ninth grade math. But, but and, wait a minute. But 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 my, in Oklahoma, that is... Spell your name. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, and so I, I tested a regular grade, fifth grade for everything else, but in math and something else, I think science, it was ninth grade level. Wow. But those are the two subjects my dad taught me. Really? The other subjects was what my mom taught me. And I was adequate. I was I was on par with what I should know. Um, but I'm saying he spent, I, I'm very confident in math skills. I love Excel sheets. I love data. Like these are things, I've, I'm 41 now. These are things he your taught me. Your dad spent that the time with he you. He spent and... the time with me. And so does that mean even if I had a poor upbringing or poor coping skills that I can't learn some now? No. And you might need um, a support group for that. You might need a good therapist for that. You might need some spiritual direction for that. Find it. And how do I as an adult address it now? So what I'm addressing today is that when I'm feeling stressed at at home while I'm working and I find myself wanting to graze because I'm stressed, one of the things I'm looking at doing is our refrigerator is pretty empty because I think I'm just going to cut snacks out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the kind of food where I can have two meals a day. That's all I need. And I'm going to cut snacks out altogether. Yeah. And, do and, what you can to arrange your situation for better positive choices. So that, and, and to remember the tools I have for when I do feel the stress. That's the other thing, too, is I got to know my tools. Yeah. What, what do I use? So. And so if you have any more questions about coping skills or if you can teach an old dog new tricks, message us on Facebook. You can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.